Yes, it's the Sermon on the Mount, and it's on page 968 in the Church Bibles. That's Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. And it's entitled The Beatitudes. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a, mount on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For, the same, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were, who were before you. Amen. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, it's good to see you all. And for those of you listening online, trust that you would also receive a, a blessing. Um, Jenny mentioned in the uh, introduction to that reading that it's headed up in the NIV as the Beatitudes. Um, and if you don't know what that means, uh, it's just a little bit of um, a word taken from Latin. It's the word for blessed or if you prefer, blessed. It depends, I, we were pondering this afternoon whether it's blessed or blessed. Um, and I think it depends which tune you're singing the hymn to, uh, whether there's a, a, enough notes for two syllables or just one. Uh, it doesn't really matter, it means the same. So what we're going to do is carrying on what we started last week, um, where we looked at the first four of the, uh, the, the, the Beatitudes, that's a little bit small, don't worry, it's not going to be as small as that, but that's all of them. Uh, last week we looked at uh, the, the first four. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And we looked at those uh, briefly, and this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to carry on with a series going through the Sermon on the Mount over the, uh, the, the next few weeks. Um, and under the title, I think, The Greatest Sermon Ever Preached. Uh, now, most of us, actually, when we come to hear the Sermon on the Mount in church, it's actually not one sermon. It's dozens of the things, uh, because we tend to go one verse at a time, uh, or one small section at a time. But it's all part of Jesus' teaching, all on one occasion. And so when we read through these things, although we tend to split them up and have eight different sermons on all eight of them, 
Um, we're looking at them in two uh, clumps. Last week we looked at these ones. And they really set the scene. The, the first one particularly, blessed are the poor in spirit, that's the attitude which we should have as we come to God, realizing who we are, what we are, realizing our weakness, realizing our nothingness, our emptiness. The fact that even the things which we think are wonderful about ourselves, they're nothing because they're tainted by sin. It's, it does away with any sense of self-righteousness, uh, self-centeredness, self-reliance. Without God, we are nothing. And that's what we need to understand about ourselves if we are going to come to God. Well, these things that we looked at last week, I won't spend a lot of time just going over the same ground again. Um, but it talks about some of the attitudes that come out of that need that we have of God, of being poor in spirit, because it's only when we come like that that we can cry out to him for him to come and help us, to come and rescue us, to save us. Uh, we, we have to come to him empty, and then he will fill us. Uh, it's that sort of brokenness that we have to acknowledge before we can truly come to God. Mourning there is uh, taking, picking up the Old Testament picture of mourning for the, the circumstances that we find ourselves in, the sin that surrounds us, the sin which we find inside us, that the fact that God has made many promises, but we haven't yet seen them fulfilled, and perhaps God seems distant and remote uh, from us in, in society. Um, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I, I missed a joke last week. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, if that's all right with the rest of you. Work it out. Yeah. It's not a very good one. Um, yeah, blessed are the meek. But that's a, a quote from a psalm where it's the meek will inherit the land. And the same word, land, earth, it can, it can be the same, mean the same thing. But what it's talking about in terms of the people of God is uh, inheriting the promised land, which for us is heaven. Although, you know, generally in this world's time, uh, the, the meek are not those who generally get their own way and get all sorts of wonderful riches and so on. In worldly terms, we might be poor, but <laughs> we're going to inherit the promised land and have a future with God in heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, longing for things that are good and right and just ourselves for those around us looking at society the land in which we live and longing thirsting hungering for what is good and right and the promise there that they will be filled the only other thing i'll say on this is just notice those promises um you know blessed are those who are, for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst they will be filled but look at the first one. It's not a will be. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, some of these promises we know in part, but not in their fullness. But when it comes to being part of God's kingdom, if you have come to him, that brokenness of spirit, in order to be made new and made whole and being forgiven, receiving God's mercy and grace and being born again by the Spirit of God, yours is now the kingdom of heaven. And you know, we'll see it in different light in, in, in eternity, but it is as complete now as it ever will be. Moving on. 
These are the ones we're going to look at today, and we're going to go through them uh, one at a time. But I think these are slightly different to the previous ones. The previous ones, you could say, well, they're about attitudes and, uh, and our situation um, uh, in our lives, the uh, con conditions and uh, characteristics and the circumstances of our lives. But they could function quite well if we were totally on our own. These ones are much more about our relationships to others. Look at the first one. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I don't know about you, but I find it very difficult con to conceive of how you can be merciful and show mercy without having one, someone to show mercy to. It's just theory otherwise, isn't it? And I think for many Christians, this is the one that we often find very, very hard. It talks about us being merciful. I remember a few years ago, there was uh, 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 something raised in a, uh, one of our Bible studies downstairs on a Tuesday evening that caused discussion for weeks following about, uh, it was about who we should forgive and how we should forgive and who was appropriate to forgive. Um, and this touches on a very similar sort of area, except it's not just talking about forgiveness. It's talking about being merciful, the attitudes that we have. Now, as an example of Jesus being merciful, because a lot of these characteristics are, you see in Jesus himself. Do you remember the woman caught in adultery? I mean, it's strange that it's only the woman. There must have been a man there as well, if they're going to be caught in the act. But anyway, they, these people brought this woman caught in adultery to Jesus, and they wanted to, to, to stone her. That's according to the Mosaic law, um, stone her to death. And Jesus uh, said, well, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And they all, all her accusers just melted away when they realized the hypocrisy of what they were talking about. And Jesus said to her, has no one accused you? No one. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's showing mercy, isn't it? Someone who clearly was wrong, being caught in the act, and yet he sets her free. Go sin no more. He's showing mercy. Do you know God is showing mercy to us right now, this minute? In fact, he's showing mercy to the rest of the world outside these walls, believer or unbeliever alike, because we are still here and not in hell. If he was to deal with us, every single one of us, as our deeds deserve, and everybody else's, and the whole world, he, he would be quite within his right to just condemn everybody. And yet, even those who have no time for him, he's, he's being merciful to them, giving them time to come to repentance, giving them time to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, allowing them to come to their senses in that sense. And right now he's being merciful to us by speaking to us as, as we read his word, as I explain it. He is speaking. He is showing mercy to us. And because we receive his mercy, and those of us who are Christians joyfully receive his mercy, we too should be merciful. That's the, the, the clue. And, you know, that involves things like forgiveness, it involves not being prejudiced against somebody because we don't like the things that they do or they don't like who they are or because they're annoying. I'm sh sure even the most loving and generous-hearted people here 
most of us have at least one person in our lives who really winds us up the wrong way. Or is it just me? I, I, I suspect not. I'm, I'm probably the one that winds you up more than anything else. I don't know. Um, we're, we're here for each other's sanctification, aren't we? But we are to be merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Oh, I can. I don't wave at the screen. I have to press a button. Yeah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You say, well, that could survive without, uh, without having anybody else involved. But no, it can't, because to be pure in heart, to do the things that God desires and has made us for, we have to relate to other people. And it's actually when we relate to other people that our purity comes under some of the, 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 the most intense pressure. Work your way through the Ten Commandments when you've got time, and particularly the ones that deal with our relationships with others. Attitudes towards parents, um, attitudes towards uh, sexual morality, towards stealing, covetousness, murder. And remember, Jesus expanded these things, not just what you actually do. I'm quite sure if I said, put up your hands if you've ever murdered anybody. I, I'm, 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 I'm making an assumption here, but I, I have a fairly strong confidence that nobody would put up their hands. But Jesus also talks about hating people. And that's serious as well. And I guess if I was to say to you, have you ever known hatred for somebody? Um, well, you might be ashamed to put your hand up, but I would have to put my hand up, and I guess most of you would as well. It's that purity of life. It comes under pressure when we're with other people. People wanting to have us join in with what they're doing. People wanting us to... Uh, to, to, to um, do the things that they do and act the way that they do, to be dishonest in the way that they do. Oh, it's only a white lie. It doesn't really matter. Um, I remember coming under intense pressure in one of my first jobs about filling in your lunchtime expenses claim. If you go out on a, a job outside, you could claim up to, what was it, I think... £1.50 for lunch. That tells you how long ago it was. Um, and I happened to like chocolate biscuits, and Jill was going to cook me a decent meal when I got home. So, so I just claimed for a 30p packet of chocolate digestives, which was quite a large packet in those days. And I'd eat a lot for lunch. Very nice. A nice balanced diet. You've got at least two of your five uh, things there, haven't you? Um, but you know, I then claimed for 30p on expenses, and Everyone else was up in arms because if I did it, they would all have. And they were just claiming their £1.50 without <laughs> necessarily buying anything for it. It's that sort of pressure that you get put under when you're with others. And it challenges your purity and your attitudes. And sometimes in being pure, you lose friends. You lose um, people's respect because you embarrass them or they don't like what, what you are. But take heart, the promise, you will see God. Even though the world might turn its back on you, one day you're going to be in heaven. And it's not just you'll be seeing God in some sort of misty, cloudy situation in the, in the distance. He will come and wipe those tears of loneliness and sorrow away. That close, that present with you. That's the promise that's laid out before. Next one. I'm waving at the screen again. That's better. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Can you see the hand of Jesus in this? Because he came on the, the greatest peacemaking mission that there has ever been seen in the whole of the history of mankind, in that he came to bring peace between us and God. He is a peacemaker. It's not just, though, I mean, we could say our evangelism is part of that same thing, making peace between man and God, but it's having that attitude of, of, of seeking peace between people. What sort of person are you? Are you a peacemaker or are you an arguer? Are you contentious or do you seek to heal divides? Are you a divisive person or do you want to see unity? Are you, do these things trouble you? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Again, I spoke about Jesus, and uh, in the Greek that reads, for they will be called sons of God. Now, it gets changed in our modern translations to be uh, you know, inclusive language, and in this particular case that isn't a great is issue because it applies to men and women alike. You know, we are, not, not just the men, but we are all to be peacemakers, and that's the... Uh, the, the, the intention of the, 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 the verse. And yet when sometimes you have the more gender-specific language, it's reminding us that this is also speaking about Jesus. Uh, and you get this a lot in the Psalms where uh, it's now blessed are those, but, but, but the blessed is the man is actually prophetically speaking about Jesus very often, the Messiah, the, the one who is to come. Um, and we lose that with the um, uh, inclusive language. It's just about us, not about the, uh, the pro uh, prophecy that there was as well. Anyway, I mustn't go down that road to, uh, to, too far. Um, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Are you a peacemaker or are you a divider? We are to be peacemakers. And in such doing, Jesus, the Son of God, was a peacemaker, and we, the children of God, will be known as such. And then the last one, it's expanded on in the next couple of verses. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what happens when we seek to follow Jesus? We fall out of step with the rest of the world. And people don't like our holiness and our purity they even don't like us being particularly merciful because they want actually to see uh, the folk that they don't like punished and put away or, or, or banished. And when someone comes along and says, no, I think we should forgive them. We should try and understand them. We should try and help them to be merciful. Oh, no, we don't want that. Horrible people, get rid of them, you know. But they then turn against us. Uh, they don't like it when we in, imply from our actions and our views that we think that they're wrong in what they do. And so we get opposition. Uh, Jesus goes on in the next couple of verses, verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You recognize that? Does that happen to you from time to time? This is picking up the promise. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
Rejoice and be glad when you're being persecuted, when people are saying falsehoods about you. Rejoice and be glad because you're going to heaven. We have to go back to the beatitude itself. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And here is that, not a will be, but theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the promise. It's living in this world in the light of the future. And all the wonderful blessings that I have. We, we get foretastes of it. We, we know something of his comfort. We know something of, uh, of his uh, mercy. And, and so right now, but it's going to be poured out in all its fullness in the age to come. This is the way of Jesus Christ. Uh, the characteristics and realities of his life are to be seen in ours. Jesus says, come follow me. And as we follow him, then those characteristics and the realities of the Christian life becomes ours. We'll be people who are merciful, people who are pure in heart, people who are uh, peacemakers. And we will be inheriting the kingdom of God. And the key is being found in the being poor in spirit. But, you know, none of this will come our way if we think that we're good enough. If we think that we're wonderful. If we have so much confidence in ourselves to be able to do things. No, we can't do that. Key, we need to acknowledge um, that the, uh, our, own, <laughs> our own situation, our own nature, our own need. And we need to know the grace and mercy of Jesus. Don't forget the blessings and promises because it's, you know, the very trite phrase, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And on this occasion, it's not a train coming the other way. It's hope and it's beauty and it's future. A couple of questions. I put these in in case we were to have a... Um, some sort of feedback time and break up into little groups. I, I, I'm going to leave that to Nathan whether we do that. I suspect we might not because it's communion and, we, uh, and that's uh, another way of responding to this. So a couple of questions uh, for you to think about. Which characteristics and realities of this Christian life challenge you the most? As an example, do you find it difficult to be merciful? Do you get angry and irritated by people? Or do you want the best for them? Or do you find, it, find that you don't actually find yourself grieved by the sin and the depravity around you? You've become hardened to it? Do you find being a peacemaker hard going? Do you really not like being persecuted so much that you just compromise and try and fade into the background and not, and, and not be a challenge to anybody? The other question is, which of the blessings that are promised encourage you the most to follow Jesus? I'll leave you to ponder those things, whether it's here now or whether it's after the service, you know, just chatting, or when you go home. Um, if you want copies of the, the, the questions, let me know and I'll email it to you. Um, or I might even write them out for you. You never know if, you, if you're patient enough and can read my handwriting. Let's just pray now, and then I'll hand back to Nathan. Lord, I want to thank you and praise you that you have set before us a pattern of life that is the good one, the right one, the godly one. Lord, just ask that you'd help us to be moved by your spirit and in our understanding of your word that we might lay aside the things that are clearly wrong 
and that we might draw near to you. And not just do outwardly the things that you ask us to do, but in our hearts and in the depths of our minds to tr treasure these things and, uh, and be guided and motivated by them. Forgive us, Lord, on the times when we have uh, compromised with your truth. Forgive us when we have sinned against you. Forgive us when we uh, have been hard-hearted and cold-hearted towards other people. Help us, Lord, to have your compassion your love, your mercy, your goodness. And help us, Lord, as we seek to live in this world where we are, foreigners and strangers, uh, following a different culture. Help us, Lord, to shine as lights in the darkness. For your name's sake, we pray. Amen. <laughs>